This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is going to be on Utawara Mono. Is it? Utawareru Mono. Took us long That's enough. A difficult name to say, by the way. I, I I know that there's an actual literal translation of it, but I I didn't go actually look into it. I know that like each section of it is like mono and stuff is like story and stuff like that. But I think it's Master Man story. I don't I don't remember exactly what it is. So don't. Don't yell at me. But we're from AtakuSpirit.com. You can go there for our news, reviews, and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our wonderful community at the top there in the forum link. And again, today's episode's on Utawarere Mumono. And the song you heard coming into this episode was called uh, Musoka by Suara. And that is the opening for Utawarere Mumono. I don't want to say that name ever again for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a review of this show because we've never done a review, review before. Even though we had watched it a long time ago when it first aired back in 2006. Why does it seem like it's further back than that? But anyways, but we decided to rewatch it because fall we have a new season of it. Um, we're not entirely sure exactly how it's gonna connect to this show, um, but we thought we'd get re at least refamiliarized with the world because we're assuming that part of the rule set and whatnot is going to apply to this new world, uh, but it's supposed to be a new cast, and a lot of them look exactly like the characters from this one, and it opens similarly, so we have our our predictions as to what that could be, um, but we can get into that in the second segment, which we're going to do a recap of the show, so if you've watched the show back in 2006 and you don't remember exactly what happened, and you don't have to rewatch it like we had to, <laughs> and suffer through, not really suffer, but go through 26 episodes just to get re-caught up. Uh, you can listen to our recap. We'll give you the basic information what was involved in it. And you can go into it with a fresh mind of what happened in the first season. And 
then realize that probably none of it applies and that you but you wasted less time than we did <laughs> um but yeah we're gonna start off with a review then we're gonna do a recap of the show and throw in some spoiler talk during that recap so look forward to that if you watched it already but let's start with the review uh again this show i'm not gonna say the title of it <laughs> follows a man who suddenly wakes up in a small village out in the middle of nowhere uh he has no recollection to his past he just has slight flashbacks to some kind of uh, some kind of vision of a beast-like demon with its teeth, and he wakes up from that. And he realizes he has a mask on his face that he cannot remove, and he's woken up in the chief of the village's uh, home, who is the, while being the, ch- uh, the village chief, she's also the healer of the town. Um, he's helped by her. Uh, he comes to find out this girl, which is her granddaughter, Edidu, is the one that found him out in the forest, and he was injured, and they patched him up and saved his life, basically. Um, then it goes from there to you kind of start learning about the world. You follow Eredu as they're walking through the village. You meet all these weird... They're not really real, but pretty much nobody in the area looks like a human except for him. He's got, like, normal human ears, um, but everybody around him... Eredu has a tail. Uh, his sister... or Her sister, Adedu, has a tail. They all have these weird little fawn kind of ears. Uh... Later on, you kind of meet this guy named Orbo. He's got these kind of elf ears. So it's kind of a, a real, a really weird world to him. Um, but of course, he kind of looks weird to everybody else because he's got a mask. All, all that matters is that Eredu is the perfect waifu material. Yeah, she's very, very cute. We're, we're going we're gonna to stop several times probably throughout this podcast for Chris to... Gush about Make how, sure that how, we know that they're cute characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just tell the story and he'll kind of jump in every now and then to say how cute characters are. But anyways... Uh, We quickly find out that uh, this village is being oppressed by very, very greedy uh, emperors. Uh, They, right off the bat, you run into... characters that are not cute, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Very prompt there, Chris. Good job. Uh, We quickly find out they're being oppressed and they're taking all their goods. Um, We meet one of the childhood friends of Otadu from this village. I... Don't remember his name because he was not important and I hated him. Uh, but he, what was his name? It's like not. I keep uh, wanting to say Benawe. I know it's Nuange. Nuange. Yes. Nuange is from the village, but he then became his uncle was one of the emperors, so he became part of the military for one of those emperors. Uh, he gets upset at some point because he believes that this girl he likes, Eredu, is now with this guy uh, that they end up naming uh, Hakuro because. The, gr- the grandma elder lady calls him Hakuro after her son that's passed away, who is Eredu's father. Um, he's upset about this whole thing, and he ends up knocking over this statue, and uh, this big beast thing shows up to try to kill the village. But through this whole course of action, the village start to learn that this Hakuro guy is a good leader, and he, even though he's just met these people... Uh, he kind of grows a bond to these these villagers and treats them as family. And from that, you get this kind of rise of a new leader. And Hokuro basically uh, builds a, re- a rebellion against the, the oppressing emperors and tries to fight to bring peace upon this land that is being uh, suppressed by the emperors, uh, constant attacks from the outside. And it keeps kind of gradually growing and growing and growing as he tries to help one section it blows up into something bigger as they get attention from even bigger countries. 
And so it's kind of a story of this rise of a leader, and as it progresses into a bigger battle than he originally expected, he he kind of gets ends up getting into bigger shoes than he wanted to kind of fill. It's just kind of a he's drug into it kind of thing. You can't really avoid it. And along the way, he's kind of meeting all these different people that are some are enemies that turn to allies. Um, some are people that are being oppressed that he ends up helping, and then they become part of his allies until it kind of grows in this bigger, huger battle. And on this side, they kind of have a little bit of... I don't know how much I should... There is a there's another side to the whole story that is very later on in the show that kind of jumps in, that kind of comes out of left field, um, that I won't really get into, but it becomes much bigger than what you think it is. Yeah, it, thing. it's important to realize that one of the cool things about this this show is it has a a pretty big twist at the end that it it makes it one of those shows that yeah it's it's cool and it, it builds a decent world and there's a lot of interesting aspects that you go through that and and, and there's a lot of strong action scenes in the show but you don't really see the true um the show doesn't blossom as what it what it truly it doesn't reveal itself as good until the very end when when some of these little breadcrumbs that have been going through the entire show finally reveal that themselves at the end yeah like like i was mentioning earlier you have that whole element of what he's kind of seeing when he first wakes up that kind of progressively uh reveals over time um so like i said there's a, there's always an underlying thing that is being revealed over time breadcrumbed in very lightly breadcrumbed in that eventually comes to the forefront in the later parts and kind of takes everything and, and wraps it around into one big bundle kind of thing. Um, and I guess that's one of the first criticisms that you really get. I, I know that when I was looking into the PVs for the next season that's coming out, I was like, wow, I didn't realize how many people hate this show. And then I went and I looked into, I, I looked at really old forum threads regarding this show. And it's really funny how this is one of those shows that when it first was released, the people that watched it loved it. Those people, they, they liked how it ended. They loved how it all twisted up, how the, all the twists happened at the end. They liked the conclusions to a lot of the characters. They liked the world, and they wanted more. And there was no negativity in this in this thread. And this is only a couple threads. It's not saying the entire world loved it when it first came out. But then when you look at the nows, all these people that I, I, I'm assuming it's just people that are watching it for the first time now, which would probably not like the taste of the anime that the anime was back then it's just like people watching uh shows in the early 2000s that were way back in the 80s it's just this this divide of different tones and how things are portrayed the action scenes how things are done the quality of certain things it just seems like people now have a more negative as a look at it than the people that actually watched it back when it first came out so it's kind of a, a really weird thing but i do acknowledge now that we've rewatched it, I acknowledge some issues in the show. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have as much of a rose-tinted glasses as I did before I rewatched it. Because I had this perspective, this is the greatest show in the world. And it's still a really good show. I really like it. But it's I had this perspective, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it, is the thing. Mm-hmm. But now I acknowledge there's things wrong with it. It really comes in that it's a 26-episode show. Yeah. And it really feels like... It should have been like a 15 episode show. I don't want to say a one core because it doesn't, it would feel too rushed, but it spends a lot of time getting you 
connected with Hokoro. It's getting you connected with Eridu and Aridu and all these characters that are... There's a lot of characters, and I like all of them. I don't like the antagonists. Uh, there are, A lot of them are really annoying because a lot of them laugh too much. I think, but that it's that... getting you—it's getting you attached to these characters before something really big and bigger than them happens. I think that that's an interesting way that you put it because I was—I was thinking about that too because I wanted to say, you know, if if you thought about it back back then, because I loved this show, I absolutely adored this show from start to beginning. The first time I watched it, now coming away from it this time, it's it's I'm not I'm not watching it in the same way, um, and and I think that. It's interesting that you point that out, that there's a lot of characters. Yes, there is a lot of characters. And I felt like each one of the characters had a a, a good, solid, this is ha- who this character is. They, they, this they, is they, they what... so good introducing them. Yeah, it, it introduced it, it each, introduced each one of them, and it, and it took time to develop on those characters to where, I mean, I could tell you, who's Benoit? You could tell me who that was. Yeah, he was one, you could was tell one me, of the emperors. Yeah. And you could tell me why they, what his motivations were. He, his his right hand man. You gave me. You could give me, a pretty much a good breakdown Frito. of everything about that character. Um, Eridu. Why does that character do the things Aburu. that she does? Exactly. Yukuzuki. Even even Toka, yeah. Ginjiro. Every I, one of them had a good solid reasoning for what they did, why they did it, and how long they did it. And this was all broken down over the course of those twenty six episodes. And none of the characters feel like they make decisions that break themselves. Yeah, they all they all have, and that's like I said, they they do well in developing to the point that you know where you know their rule set, mm-hmm. and they keep that rule set. It's not that they're they're linear. It's just that they and they all progress. They all have most all of them have turning points in their mm-hmm. their lives, and it's all revolved around uh, Hokoto, of course. But and that goes back to what I was saying, where it. it it watching it the second time, I get that point in which, yeah, I like when, and I, that's I think that's why it's so long is that there's so many characters to introduce and it's getting into each of those characters. But there's a certain point when you realize that outside of when they're introducing those characters, there's these mock battles that are constantly happening. That mm-hmm. I I told Chris early on when we were about maybe five episodes in, I was going, and we were doing like two episodes per day because we didn't want to just binge it. We wanted to watch it over a two week period. And it was about the five episode mark that, uh, or it would have been an even point, which so is episode six or something like that, that I told him, this is one of those shows where I could just rewatch this whole thing and not stop because I just want to go to the next part and the next part because I right. like it that much. But then when we got to about the episode 13 point, I started doing that, no, maybe it does kind of drag out. I mean, it, it, yeah, those moments that you're getting the new character introduced, I'm loving it. But then it goes back to the mock battles, and they're battling again, and there's this this new battle, and there's and Hakuro is having issues with with what he's doing, and there is a point in which it feels like there's just too much mock battles, and yeah. but I do understand there's a reason why it's there. It's to fill in explaining why this character is the way this character is that's being introduced right now, right? And that, and that's and that's what I was getting eventually getting to is the 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 thing that I think that where this the balance shifts in the opposite direction is the fact that each character and their uh their progression is driven by the the battles and the mm-hmm. battles all the battles feel the same though and and this is big with big air quotes though you have to remember that each one of them are placed in a good system 
in a good way. I mean, that th- that's the frustrating thing is it's hard to ba- to say that there's a balance between the the battles and introducing the characters and and the battles are necessary to to develop the characters. But at the same time, y- y- I can't I can't deny that the balance shifts to where you're going Okay, now I kind of want to skip through the battle. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and that's that becomes my only real downside of the story. Now I will admit the I guess the only other thing that I can kind of negative the show is that the big huge reveals the big huge reveal, which is basically the guts of the show towards the end, is it's very uh, it's not the best told because there's a lot of things that. I had to, I had to, just taking the notes for the recap, I have to keep re-watching certain parts to get everything down, um, checking with what things might possibly have only been included in the game version of the show, or the story. Uh, there's just certain things that are kind of like, you just have to assume why this is the way it is, and it's, it's pretty, if your assumption is correct, it's pretty obvious, but at the same time, you're wondering if your assumption is wrong, is, is the thing. I, it's the best way I can explain it without spoiling things. It's just there's certain things in the show that didn't really quite explain it well enough. Um, it's not important things, just things that... When I'm, when I'm going back to really kind of put this together and recap, it's a very, very interesting story, and I love it because of that. I'm, I was telling Chris, I'm like, I'm fast. I'm, I'm making this outline. And I'm fascinated with the things that I missed, and I don't know if I missed it because I didn't catch it, or if I'm just missed it because it just didn't explain it correctly. But it's a really fascinating world, and I, I'm intrigued by what they did with this. Well, it's it's a very. I mean, all in all, I mean, even when I came away from it in the the first time, I don't think I caught everything, and. Really, in all actuality, it's a simple concept until you actually do the digging, and then yeah. all of a sudden you realize there's a lot more to it than <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like Fate Stay for me. It's like it's yeah, it's it's pretty basic, but when you start diving into the thing, it's like this is really fascinating stuff. And I, I and again, I don't know if, how much of that is that I missed it or how how much of it is just not told correctly or not yeah, translated. Yeah, it, it does feel like towards the end of it, you you get kind of like. Wow, that's a little bit convoluted, but you know it all makes sense, and it's it's buttoned up really good. So I'm not too mad at it. Just I think that they kind of compressed the last two episodes down a little too much. My my whole remembering of the show back when I first watched it was I really liked Hokoro's story and how he became what he became. Um, now when I'm watching it this time, I don't know if it's that I just missed all this stuff that is like I'm watching. Oh yeah, there's, a, there's other a ton of things. Of it. It's like. Oh, I so missed a lot of stuff because I didn't see that stuff, and I don't remember it. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, I don't remember that at all." I'll just say the blobs was the thing that I was like, "Did I catch that before?" Because that's really I didn't crazy. Remember that at all? I I was actually thinking of the the hair accessory. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Catch, I, I don't think I totally caught that didn't catch that. Yeah, it's a lot of really fascinating things, and it just gotta catch it. I guess is the problem. Um, but. It, even still, I, I don't know if it's just a thing of that's how I was back in 2006. I just didn't catch things like that. And now mm-hmm. I do. I don't, I'm not quite sure. But it, it's it's got a really interesting, fascinating story. But I think the, the takeaway is really the, the big thing that I like most about the show is just the characters. They all they all work. I, they, they all fit. They all are 
very well fleshed out without going too much into them. It doesn't it doesn't delve into them to the point where you're like, I don't care anymore. I get who they are. It's just here they are. Here's why they're involved, and they work out in the end. I, I and of course, each one of them come up and say, hey, I'm super awesome, so I'm going to do this. And you're like, wow, that is really awesome. I want to know more about you. <laughs> I can take an entire rock. <laughs> And, and it's funny because it is in a fantasy setting. They do kind of break some kind of laws of reality, but it it just fits because they're just really good characters. So I even even when even when uh what was her name uh, Karuda picks up this gigantic sword that uh, Kuro can't even pick up. It's just like that's her. <laughs> I mean, I love it. That, that's that's just her. Um, but he, I just. Even it's, Karada's story and it's, is And it's so too. funny because when when we say that, I mean, it, it, it sounds like we're saying, okay, they're just so overpowered. I mean, when it comes down to it, yeah, they're kind of overpowered, they but, it, but they're flawed. They're flawed characters. Each one of them have their own vices. Each one of them has their own issues and problems. And, and you know, and it, that's one of the things that I truly do love about this is the characters are so well fleshed out that you're going... You know, I like that character. And I mean, you could walk away from this show having like 20 waifu. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just such a great show. Let's, let's just say let's just say it. Toka's best girl. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go with uh, Edidu. I mean, what can I say? But, you know. <laughs> Edidu is just, just paints herself as being best girls too. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it, it's cool because uh, – like even with uh, Karada, I mean, it's not too much of a spoiler, but she, even her, she has this issue. Was she has an, she has something that's going on with her homeland, and she herself knows that she cannot just go there and fix it. Even though she is seems like she's an overpowered character because she can pick up this gigantic sword, she needs help, and that's where it kind of gets to the point where they 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 still have their limits, even if they all seem like they're just awesome. Uh, Obero just seemed like this really crazy assassin dude, but Ben Awe was still showing his place kind of thing. <laughs> ben Awe think seemed like he's an overpowered character, then he'll run into uh, the Av uh, the Av Nakus or what the hell they're called, and he's then then has a limit. It's 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 it still has those those points in there. I think the only thing that I think most people these days will probably struggle with is the the comedy and humor. It does have a lot of. Well placed humor. A lot of moments where it's kind of. Just, I love the the hangover scene is still probably the funniest scene in the entire show. Um, Best traps. <laughs> and they still have this 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 humor they'll toss in every now and then, and I do kind of see a lot of that being uh, '90s humor stuff that a lot of people these days probably won't find risque or overly funny. It's just a lot of cute humor. It just kind of happens. The characters are cute, and you kind of enjoy what they're doing. So it, it doesn't try too hard in that respect. And that may be something that a lot of people might not not jive with a lot of people. It's, just, it's not constantly not trying was, to make you laugh. If any, it would be very, very light fan service, if any. Yeah, I know there was a lot of fan service in the OVA, but we didn't watch that one again. Um, but yeah, there was... It's like any. I I I would think back, and it's like okay, there was a couple of scenes where situations got a little bit hot and heavy, but nothing actually shown. If I don't, if I remember, yeah, I don't, I don't recall any. I mean, Carla Carla is probably the closest one to a full on scene, but she, I don't think she ever took off her top. So no, she was still clothed, just not wearing as much as she usually does. Um, 
But yeah, it's the the visuals is the weird thing because it was funny that we realized the core break happened and it seemed like a whole other studio was working with it. So about the only thing that I really didn't, it has some really old CG that almost looks better than most CG these days, to be honest. <laughs> uh, there was some point where there was, they were showing them walking across this, uh, this distance and you could see them suddenly stop before the, the scene changed. But it's funny how a lot of the CG was a lot better than what we have these days. It, that blows me away. But the, the animation in the second core suddenly changed. It was, it was almost, you were saying it was not, it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it's, it's weird. Like, I like it, but I don't. It's suddenly things look a lot more fluent, but the character designs kind of look wonky. And it was like, well, you're doing something cool, but bad at the same time. Stop. Mm. <laughs> but for the most part, it was good. I mean, there was a lot of, repeated actions like you would see the same rotation of attack in one scene in one keep and then happen again later on um but it's one of those things where unless you're really nitpicking things you won't notice it i just notice yeah. it because i notice things like that yeah you notice things like that well, for you the most always part, point it out and it's like stop it oh, andrew. stop it andrew <laughs> <laughs> robo cg i don't know is cg stop it stop telling me <laughs> no it, and, and it, visual wise i think that I think that this one is a solid, solid play all the way through. I mean, there's, there's no, uh, yeah. If you really, really are are a snob, you could probably sit there and go, "Oh my gosh, this is horrid, and it doesn't age well, and all that stuff." And it's like, yeah, but I mean, just enjoy it for what it is. Just, I mean, stop. Don't, don't, don't look at it like it has to be some art, art, artsy fartsy thing. It, it just, it's, it's. <laughs> It's an enjoyable show. I mean, a lot of the character arts are very solid. I mean, it's not it's not the best. I like the characters. About this show. I like the character designs. It they had a really good way of creating a lot of unique looking characters. I mean, you you could definitely tell when a character was going to be a main character because they always look way different than anything else. Mm-hmm. Most everything else looks kind of generic, but the the main cast will just stand out like a sore thumb. And that's because they did a really good job of creating all these different types of characters. Kamos, Benawe, Oboro, Hakuro, Eridu, all these characters look so unique from each other, except for the two twins. They was the same. They had different different colors. <laughs> Stop me. <laughs> you had to look that up. <laughs> it does say it right here yes, in front of me. Specifically say it. I didn't know that, but apparently it is. No, I didn't know that yeah, one they, of them they had, mentioned at some point. One, of, one was red team, one was blue team. Yeah. yeah, one is red and one is blue. I did notice that. Um, but yeah. They I don't really, ask me which one is which, though. No, no, no. <laughs> They just had really unique character designs for each. Even uh, Kuria, who runs in, they run to way later. Beautiful character designs. I, I like all these character designs. Genji Maru, he was cool looking, just epic Jichan kind of thing. I mean, they all have really cool designs, and I liked them. I think the only one that kind of stood out like a sore thumb was the the angel race, the Unkamiyukai, what are they called? They they were they. They were about the only ones that didn't really fit the area, but at the same time, there was a reason, because they are like this angelic uh, mediators, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, fascinating world. I, I like I like the different facets, having the the people, these different races of, of kinds, the the Onkamayaya, Koyalala, angel people, and how they're all in their separate regions. They all serve their different purposes. Most of them are just to kind of take over power and to control an area, but some of them are like the mediators and stuff were really interesting to kind of add into the mix. 
Um, what else do we have to gush about? Are we gushing? Uh, yeah, I think so. How did we end up gushing? I was coming into this, I was going to be hard on it. <laughs> I, was, I was dreading doing this review just because I, that, and I already mentioned most of it, was just that little lull of too many battles, too many skirmishes. I'm, yeah, they're invading again. Yeah, you're going to stop them. Yeah, they're invading again. That stuff does get repetitive, but everything yeah, else it's, I just it love. Is, yeah, everything I love about this show, and it's like, I I came away from this going dang i'm i'm gonna be bad on this show and and even when we were coming in i was dreading it i was like i'm gonna be hard on this show i'm gonna be hard on this show and then when you when you kind of really pointed it out it's it's i i have to agree it's the battles there were too many battles you're thinking yes andrew took care of the bad part and i can just say how great the cute the characters are characters are cute <laughs> the molly's galore some of the best artwork some of the best uh wallpapers from the show definitely um, and it's nice to see that with the PV for the second season, it looks like they have that same kind of character designs that are going on, and they just look more modern, and I just hope they have the budget for it. Because it did seem like this show had a lot of budget going for it, because they had so many battles, and granted, they, they use a lot of CGs for it, but for the most part, they they pulled off a lot of really good 2D stuff as well. A lot of really... Fl- I mean, Toka... Watching Toka fight in a battle, she just looks just like a dance. It's just beautiful stuff. And then you have... <laughs> Uh, Karura come in and she just decimates people and body parts. It, yes, this is a very violent show at times. It gets very gory. Especially severed in heads. The second, se- second season. Second yeah. season really blew Second up core, that. like we were mentioning earlier, it gets really, really violent with... And that's, that was part of that art style change. It was like suddenly... She just... There's entrails flying around. Like, my gosh, what happened? <laughs> like, suddenly this is very gory. Um, before that, it was just really like, yeah decapitations for execution stuff like that so it is definitely one of those shows that at times gets very gory so be aware of that say, i want to say uh benaway was pretty artsy a few times um yeah he has a huge halberd o- really cool. o- obero tended to fly around the screen a lot and scream a lot, a lot. <laughs> scream a lot <laughs> a lot of flips um and those were really the main ones i don't think anybody else really kind of stood out as far as um, crazy stuff. Well, I thought I thought Hakura with his. And now it's so I funny when, say, when I watched I, this back in 2006. I thought the fan thing with the uh, Hakura was the cheesiest thing ever, and now I like it because it's just really graceful and cool. It fits his character of mm. he's not a violent person; he just wants to protect. And that fan was like this this idea. I just realized I don't think they ever got into the significance of it besides it being the fathers. I thought that was going to be more... I thought that it was something more to it that I missed. And I don't think I'd ever seen anything else about it. Mm. But anyways, it was... It's like... It's so graceful. It's it's very defensive. And then he just jabs it in a guy's throat. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he can use this to kill things too. Um, I, I, I do want to say that there was this... There's this particular scene involving um, uh, Black Wing Angel Girl. Camus? Ka- uh, uh, yeah, Camus. And she was dancing on the on the on the lake. It was a beautiful scene, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those one of those things. It's like, yeah, each each one of these scenes they had had significance, and there was beauty in a lot of them, and there was grace. And then when it, and then at the same time, some of the other scenes where it wasn't as necessary to have it, it used it it balanced its its budget very well. So I mean, no. It, 
overall, the show, I, I would really love to see somebody like Ufootable go, go crazy with this show, honestly. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Those would be some epic battles and a lot of budget. <laughs> I mean, if they do it something like uh, God Eater, I mean, that I don't know how much more expensive it is to do something like God Eater versus doing Fate Stay Unlimited Blade Works, but either way, it would work out pretty dang well because they're doing some really good stuff with, with God Eater, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Mukuru. Best Tiger. Yes, Best Tiger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. it I guess that's that's pretty much covers everything. It, it in the end, it's a a show that I do see being very polarizing to the newer crowd to anime um, for good reasons. There's a lot of the humor might be lost. It does feel a little drug out with a lot of the combat sequences, but deep down in here is a lot of really good characters, some great fantasy stuff. If you're looking for something fantasy related, it's one of the best fantasy shows. Um, great world building, fascinating world, really good twist at the end. Um, that all kind of makes it just still a very good show, in my opinion, and still will remain in the top 50 must-watch list, from my opinion. I, I was kind of coming out of it going, eh, I might take it off the list, but I think it's still, unless I can find something that will beat it, it's still still sticking there. What about uh, sound and music? Sound and music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, audio. Um, sound, my only issue there is the laughs. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, what was his name? Uh, Niue. <laughs> Niue, laugh. Uh, Hakua was one of the, 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 the people towards the end that was in one of the, won't say that, but there's two main villains in the show that just, their laugh was crazy at first. Yeah, I can understand how crazy it is, but they did it too much. <laughs> And after a while, I'm going. Please shut that person up. Well, there was, there was. There, I mean, it wasn't just those two. There was three or four of them. I mean, pretty much all of your main bad characters had it. Oh yeah, the first, the one that Binawi was under. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't like the laughs. Uh, so if I, <laughs> I could use less laughs, that was about the only thing I didn't really like. The music was very beautiful. The opening song is gorgeous and. I, I would have to say ones. overall the music and the soundtrack was probably just perfectly gorgeous in the show. Now on the on the actual sound effects, I I think that a, a couple of times I was I was kind of taken out with a couple of the sounds, and I don't want to the the gravity magic thing that the the angels use sounds like something out of Tenchi Moyo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like Ryoko's little bolt thing that she does. <laughs> and, and but there was also a couple of in the in the in the battles. Every once in a while, something wouldn't wouldn't sync up right. But and at that point, you're just picking. I mean, mm-hmm. overall, the show it's was was well done. I I don't think that there was anything that love a lot of the voices too. Yeah, Ria Kugumia's in there. <laughs> Kojimia, uh, she's Camus, and I did not know that until I rewatched this. And I'm going, I recognize that voice. Rhea doesn't do a tsundere for once. <laughs> Camus is not tsundere. <laughs> so that broke Didn't the Didn't we hole. find somebody else in there? Um, yeah, I think you mentioned somebody. I don't remember who it was. I know that uh, Genji Maru is something, is I think somebody that's big too. I think Hakura was... The guy from... Um... That's right. Kitsuruga is, is Hakura. That's what it was. And that's You were oh, you were mentioning uh... that and I was like, yeah, it's Kats- that's... Uh... Yeah, I always... I don't uh... call the guy... I... By now, I should probably call it by the actual actor, which is uh, 
Riki uh, Kuyama, but I always call him uh, uh, by the guy from Fate Stay, which is Kiritsuga. No, Every this one, this one was, um, was... Yeah, Hakuro Kitsuga, uh, uh, Rikia, which is uh, Kiritsuga, which is, is definitely one of the biggest ones on that show. Him and him and uh, Ria Kugumiya. I keep saying Kugumiya, it's Kojimiya, I believe, so... You guys have to forgive me. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I know what I'm thinking of. No. Anywho, I guess we should conclude the review. Um, but yeah, still, like I said, still a suggestion. Just I know that there's going to be a lot of people that might have issues with certain aspects of it because it is just has it's a it's it's a polarizing show. I guess is what's going to be. It's a it's not a too show. polarizing I, though. Just 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 give it a shot. I mean, if you don't if you don't find yourself because really this is a character driven show. And yeah, if you're not attaching the characters, you're yeah. Not if you're not catching, if you're not picking up on the characters, you're you're and and really in all actuality it. it it juggles characters a lot, so I mean, you may you may be may fall in love with Adoru and Eduru, and it'll take you through the first five six episodes, and then suddenly you're you're finding yourself dead. But those characters are important, even if it's juggling between different other characters. So, I mean, uh, by by the time that that Adoru and Eduru are falling off, you got you got Hakuro who should be catching up on you. And you should be, and he should be carrying you through the rest of the show. But that's not necessarily going to happen for everybody. Some people won't won't enjoy Hakuro, uh, Hakuro as much as other people. And and I, but I think that a lot of this is just like I said. It's a like me and Andrew say. It's a character driven show. You you should be able to find one or two characters that'll carry you through the show. And it, it is an enjoyable show once you get to the end. Um, but don't force yourself to enjoy it, to, yeah. to, to watch it, just cause it, even if you don't like it. I mean, it is, a, to me, it's an enjoyable show. Andrew enjoyed it. And I don't, I don't see anybody walking away not getting something out of it. But yeah, I, you know. I, think, I think you're spot on. I think it is very character driven. If you don't get those characters, you're not going to get through it. And, and it's funny because even Hakuro being the main character is also a fascinating character. I like his inner turmoil, dealing with mm-hmm. what he's coming from small village waking up becoming a leader realizing the fates that he has in his hands uh the upsets of of battles and and the lives that he is basically sending off to death that kind of stuff was was fascinating to me Uh, but if you don't get those characters that's that's going to be a huge part of getting through all those skirmishes that are going on while you're finding new characters that are bringing both brought into the fold um so just I guess leave it at that. If you get the characters, if you get attached to the characters, if not, you you might just might as well walk away kind of thing because that's not it's not going to be your show. If you're not getting what kind of characters they're building for you, you're not going to get the the really a lot of the crust of the story and the the, the show itself. Um, but yeah, with that, I guess we'll I guess we'll move on. Are we? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do. Thank you all for listening to our review section of Utawaraerumono. And we're going to move on into our recap after we play an outro song, which is the ED for Utawarawerumono, which is called Mado Romi no Rene by Ei Kawai. And hope you enjoy that song. And if we'll see you if you're going to listen to our recap. If not, have a good day. Os.
right, the recap of Utaro Aramono. Again, this is going to be full-on spoilers to get people reacquainted with the series. So if you have not watched the show, this is about the time you need to turn off because otherwise you're going to get everything spoiled for you. I, as about the 12 or 13 mark, I was starting to go, wow, this is a lot of notes because there's a lot of characters being introduced, a lot of battles happening, and I'm writing down every single skirmish that happens, and I realized a lot of it's not going to really matter when we do the recap. A lot of the story is in the past. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guts of this story is in that past segment. Um, we will get into the more modern-day stuff, but a lot of it's in that past. So I'm going to start off with the past Technically, our future, if you put this in the, the realm of Earth, which I believe they do call Earth, um, we'll talk about the future of us and then the future that is where the story starts in episode one and then move on from there. And I'll probably get into a lot of the characters from that point on. Um, but a lot of the recap you're probably going to want is the world building, what the world is about, because that gets into a lot of oh hey, what we're going to think the next season is going to be. A lot of the characters in the show are cute. I it's, haven't, I haven't, I haven't said that in a while. That's a recap. And, that's and our recap. I, exactly. That's we, our recap. We need, We're to, done. we need to make sure that that's in there. But kicking things off, uh, again, we're going to start off with what starts off is we have our archaeologists have found a fossil. It's a mysterious fossil. They don't know what it is. It looks like a demon. Well, we think it's a demon, but this... Uh, but somehow it's the missing link. An unnamed archaeologist decides to stumble into that room where they're keeping this thing, and another archaeologist shows up and says... Yeah, this is a missing link, and we don't think humanity kind needs to know about it yet, because it will be a little bit of a shocker. So to silence you, gun to the head, shoots the guy, kills him, blood splatters. And he morphs into Iceman. No. No? He doesn't turn into Iceman. The blood splatter on the thing activates the demon. And then he turns into Iceman. No, not yet. (laughs) Um... And for some reason, this this demon, which ends up being a an, a forgotten god, which is what was the demon's name? <laughs> I'm going to say this once, and then from then on, I'm going to call it Zed, and I'm probably going to annoy a lot of people. But Witsu Aru Netai. No, not Sui. That's not Sue. Witsu. Witsa. Witsa. Witsa Aru It's a weird name. Zed. <laughs> I'm going to call him Wits from now on. Wits. The god Wits awakens from that blood splatter, activates, and ends up saving this unknown archaeologist's life um, in return for a way for it to slumber. And he turns into Iceman. No, not yet. The archaeologist, and it it takes the form of a mask on this archaeologist's face. And that's Wits right there is that mask, basically. Um, But yeah, he ends up getting frozen. And fast forward to a point in the in Earth's lifespan where mankind can no longer live on the surface. Some kind of biological issue or something, but mankind has to live underground. And this archaeologist wakes up unfrozen from his frozen state. And, yeah, an archaeologist calls him Iceman. Oh, now he's Iceman. He's now Iceman. Now I can call him Iceman? Yes. And he's, Iceman. and he's shooting ice out of his hands? No. No? No. He's just from because he's frozen. Oh. Um, but then we kind of find out that uh, mankind's trying to figure out a way of advancing themselves to the point that they can live on the surface again without having green room facilities. Um, and they believe that possibly Iceman can unlock this way of, of living. Uh, they're using the genes from him and this mask that he has on his face to try to figure out how to advance lifetimes. 
and they're trying to recreate that mask, basically, the, the compounds of that mask, because for some reason they've found that he can actually live on the surface, whereas most people can't. Um, they've done thousands of tests. All of them have basically been failures. Uh, two have been actually shown promise, which is uh, number 3510, which the guy, the, the scientist I'm talking about is uh, Mizushima. This researcher who's talking to Iceman tells this Makoto thing seems or this this three five zero one zero seems to like you so give her a name and he, he names her Makoto and she kind of looks like uh, we find out later she is a, a descendant of Eridu. Um not quite sure exactly how that worked out but they kind of hint at the very end that she's a he ends up calling her uh, Makoto at the very end um, the other one was uh, Project sixty three which we end up finding out later is Misumi who is Kamus. Uh, or actually, Camus, who we find out later, which is the black a- wing girl. She's actually a descendant of Mitsumi, who was one of, uh, of, of the specimens from Iceman. Um, but anyways, at some point, uh, the researcher guy, Mizu Shima, uh, the, the, things are kind of not working out correctly, so they're going to refreeze Iceman. And he says, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of... I'm tired of playing God, basically. I've made, we've made so many specimens, and I'm just tired of this kind of thing. So I want you to take Makoto and run. And so he gives uh, uh, Iceman the, the key, the, the, the master key, which is basically the, the ring hair, that yeah, the Yadadu yeah, yeah, has. Um, gives it to him and says, get out of here. So him and Makoto, Iceman and Makoto run out of the facility. And, they, and the, along with a lot of other research specimens, they all run out of the facility. And uh, while alone, Iceman ends up having a child with Makoto. But then the researchers come and find them. They're in hazmat suits, whatever you want to call them. And they drag uh, Iceman and Makoto and their new child back to the facility. Uh, We then find out that they have dissected Makoto uh, because she was the first... uh, I think they were trying to study how she was able to have a child. Which, this is important. Something that we have learned from this show... Because we all know that anime teaches us things. One thing that you learn is you do not mess with a god's lover. That's not probably a, a bad not idea. idea. No. Because what's coming from that is Makoto, uh, when he finds out that they have dissected her body, and they said that they've created a mask that possibly could mimic the powers of the mask that he's wearing, and that they've taken and dissected Makoto to find out how she was able to bear a child, uh, this makes him mad. And yeah, He wasn't too happy about that. The rage from his anger ends up doing something interesting to uh, Witsu, the mask, the god that's in his mask. Uh, it ends up uh, changing into two different things. It starts to separate into another uh, form of itself, which is more built around rage. And it takes over, uh, destroys most of the facility, and to... In kind of a, uh, I don't know how they specifically put it, but like a, it scoffs at the idea that these humans are looking for Im- immortality. So he grants them that immortality and turns everybody into blobs, which mm-hmm. is funny because, like I said, we said in the review, totally didn't know that the blobs that they ran into at the towards the end of the show were actually all the researchers from way back when. Um, so they did get their immortality and they stood in that facility for all that time, which is crazy to think about. Um, anyways, after he does all this, he, uh, they, there comes a point where you kind of realize that the, the, uh, Witsu has become two different beings. One is, uh, 
seeking death, wants to wants to die basically, and then there's another half that seeks to destroy. And as it's it's separated, uh, his quote unquote daughter, which is the uh, Mitsumi, uh, she appears in front of him and wants to grant him his wish of dying. So she calls upon the satellite that's way up in space to shoot down a beam to try to destroy him, but he doesn't die. So instead, she grants him slumber. So she puts him to sleep. And then that's when we kind of fast forward into current times. During that time, you have all the specimens that still survived from the facility. They run out and they start procreating and spreading throughout the earth to kind of repopulate it as old mankind dies away and becomes forgotten. Um, the other fascinating thing is that the facility they were in ends up being sealed away and becomes a holy land, basically. Nobody's allowed to go there because it's known as a holy land. They believe that's the resting place of Witsu, so you don't go there. Um, then, of course, later on we find out they go back there to get Camus back, and that's when they run into the doors that only open to the key that's on Eridu, and they meet the blobs, which are the researchers, blah, 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 blah. Um, so fast forward, we're kind of close to the current time, which the show starts at episode one. We're a little bit before then. Um, Witsu awakens. And with that, he becomes conflicted with him, his other, his two halves. His two, be- his two halves are conflicted and they're constantly battling. And this is where it kind of gets a little confusing as to exactly what the story was. We do know that one half of it, which ends up being... I said the name of it earlier when we were taking on notes. Onvi Tai Kayan, which is the half that wants to that seeks destruction, and then of course you still have uh, Witsu, who is the side that wants to seek to destroy himself. Um, and what happens is they both end up influencing the world in their own ways. Onvi ends up being the god that seeks to progress mankind by use of war. And so he ends up joining the people of Kunekamun, which you find out later is uh, Kuyan, Kuya's people. Uh, he was he, also with the other group, too. The Kuka Keka? Yeah, he ends up going with all of them, but this is, this is just right at this point of the story. He grants them the Av Kamus, I believe they're called, the, the robotic suits which they fight with in the later parts of the show. Uh, let me get that name. Because they're talking about how this was... It was way before Kuya's uh, lifetime that they were they made a pact with him. Avukamus. Avukamus, yes. Um, he gives them the Avukamus, which are those big mech robot suits thing, majiggies, biological mecha suits. Um... And he's trying to progress their lifestyle through battle. And at the same time, uh, Witsu, who is is trying to basically stop them and is seeking the same thing, but through peace. And their battle kind of keeps going, and it ends up causing an earthquake, which causes Arudu to fall out of a tree and nearly die. Um, and that's the point in which Arudu wishes to Witsu to save her life. And that's when Witsu comes up and says... I will save her life, but at the cost of yours. So give me your body and soul, and I will save her life. And she gives him her body and soul, makes the pact with him, and saves her life. 
Um, and then shortly after that, the battle keeps raging on between the two, and they end up eventually both falling asleep. And this is the point in which uh, the two souls end up taking their own people. Envy, which was the destructive one, ends up being found by D, which was the 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 angel guy that they end up running into, uh, who ends up, they run into later. Uh, Witsu ends up taking the form of Iceman. So that's who we have at episode one. That's basically Iceman, who they end up calling Hakuru. Um, and that kind of starts the story from that point. We're now at episode one of the show. <laughs> um, and from episode one going on, we have Witsu, who is in the form of Hakuro, as he goes on to become a leader. At the same time this is all happening, D is over here with uh, Onvi, the, the destructive side of, of Witsu, as he basically is manipulating different emperors to Ooh. cause havoc and destruction He's to war. He's playing godfather. Basically, yeah. So as we go forward, we of course we have um, Hakuro as Witsu slash Iceman. Three different names. The second time we've done a recap episode where there's a character with five different names. <laughs> Hakuro goes on to becoming a leader. He, he leads the village in revolting against all these emperors that are uh, suppressing them killing people uh, for power and there he's building his kingdom up and building it up and building it up and at some point he creates the country known as Tuskuro and Tuskuro is his own country that he becomes an emperor of and then he's of course joined with Eridu and Aridu and he quickly meets the people of uh, that's going to be another name I'm going to hate saying Ankami Ya Mukai, which are the angel people. They end up being the mediators. They realize that he's in out of new country. They come in to mediate to bring peace between him and other countries. That's all they do is they mediate to create peace between countries. And uh, we meet Uritori, who is the princess of them, and uh, she helps them out. And of course, we also meet Camus, who comes with her, which we end up finding later as Camus being uh, basically Iceman's daughter. So. He's already got a dollar. <laughs> um, but then that progresses as the bigger countries start to notice this, and we start seeing D get involved um, as we meet Niwe, who is the guy that likes to cackle a lot. Uh, Niwe is the emperor of Shikaprechium, and he basically uses Kechakucha, or Kuchakecha, which is another country, uh, tricks them into believing that Hakuro is an old brother-in-law that killed his family and a lot of soldiers. Rakshine! Calls him Rakshine, yes. Um, and this is all an effort to kind of provoke him, to make him to bring out the inner beast within him, which is basically uh, uh, Witsu. You think he knew that? He said that he he seen something in him, a beast within him that he wanted right. to drive out. But I don't think he actually knew no, no. how Because he, he found out. <laughs> he, he found out it. Because this kind of progresses as he he takes down these two uh, emperors, and eventually when he goes to kill Niue, he awakens Witsu within him and basically shreds him to to, to pieces. And of course, Hokoro doesn't realize what happened afterwards. Um, and after that point, that's when we kind of move into Hokoro meeting Kuya, who is the emperor of Kunekuma, Kunekamun, Kunekamun. Um, kind of meets her off to the side because she's kind of interested in how did you get this how did you get to where you are you had to have had some kind of special ability 
or some kind of special power because she got to where she was basically using the power that was given to her from D, um, which is those big mecha suits. And he's like, I don't, it's just the people that are around me, the people that I, 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 that support me is what's gotten me here. She doesn't quite understand how that can work out. Um, but then we start later on find out that they're going to interweave their, their fates are interweaved as, uh, Kayu or Kuya basically, keep seeing people dying around her because D on the, in the, even though D gave them the, the power that they have, D is also trying to trigger something to happen. So he's helping these bandits and stuff pillage their villages to, to force Kuya to have to, uh, change the world around her. She, they, they keep telling her, you have to unite everybody through force. So she finally decides, okay, I'm going to unite everybody with, with the, the, the power that we've been given. I'm going to unite everybody and that's when the the Kunekuma Kamun decide to go out and force everybody to join their nation and become one by slaughtering pretty much most of it. <laughs> um, which this kind of well, turns. I don't worse. think that she was necessarily going that route. I think it was just the guys that were under her. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think she was. I mean, I at I, first she didn't her, she didn't her, raise her sword she, until later yeah. on when she realized that she couldn't turn back. Yeah, and, and her her character was probably one of the more frustrating, not because it, it. I like her. I liked her in in general. It was her end that kind of frustrated me because it was like they copped out. I guess it's, not really cop out, but it was just a they didn't they didn't. Uh, they didn't put into anything into effect that would redeem it. It was just really a cut off here. She's now lost all of her memories. She's she's reverted to a childlike state. She's yeah. done kind of thing. It didn't really. Yeah, it was. It wasn't really a redemption. It was just really a. Well, you can't really do anything about it now. It's 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 over with. She's broken kind of thing. Right. And it, and it, it was one of the, the the probably the most frustrating. If there was a character in there that I thought was really they ruined it would probably be her i mean she was solid up until that point it was like okay and and i understand that she she dealt with something very traumatic but that 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 wasn't a good resolution for that storyline and I, I i was very frustrated by it yeah and to kind of explain it she was a she was part of a race that has always been uh, repressed. They've always been slaughtered left and right. They've been pillaged left and right. Their people have been raped left and right. They were a a race that was always shoved to the gutter. And it wasn't until uh, D showed up with uh, with the power that he had and granted them the ability to rise up, take over their country, and live. And so she, from a childhood, sh- she was forced into a very dire life. She was brought into this new world or I don't know if it was necessarily her but her 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 ancestors that gave the pact to D and then she took over from there and they they took over the country they they rised up and so and then that kind of progressed into her going on this escapade and going to a point where she couldn't re- she couldn't turn back that she felt she couldn't stop she she's gotten too much blood on her hands kind of thing and so the only thing that she could have done at that point when she snapped was to revert back to the only point in which her life where she was innocent. And that was their excuse, was that this is the only point in that she felt that her mind can go after seeing Genji basically get shredded into 
tiny pieces. I mean, you've seen fingers laying around and stuff. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And I, yeah, it was, it was a, it's a, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, she had a very interesting story and that was probably the only character in the entire story where it was kind of like, eh, but let's just stop it right here. She's now a baby. Yeah. Very yeah, cute baby, but she's a baby now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of wish that they did a, they, they showed her at the very end with a recap or not the recap, the, the, the prologue or you want to call it the after story thing where she was kind of out in the middle of nowhere with uh, Sakia, whatever her name was, and they were making flowers. But I was kind of hoping that they would have kind of had a she's getting better kind of thing. Yeah. But sadly not. But anyways, um, but at her next point was basically there's only one more place I can go to, which is Hakuro's place. We now have to go to Tuskura. And so they, they decided to go to Tuskura to get uh, uh, Hakuro, but he fights back. Uh, this makes... Kuya angry. She feels that like he betrayed him or betrayed her, which makes no sense, but whatever. Um, so they decide that they're going to go back and they're going to attack and take down uh, Kuya. Uh, they have uh, Uritori, who then becomes the new uh, lord of the Ankas. Un- I'm just going to call them Ankas, the angel people. Uh, she becomes a mediator to tell all the countries to come together to join Hakoro to taking down this this threat. And they go in there and they fight him. They end up finding that. That's the point in which basically things snap. Uh, they go in there. They stop Kuya. They end up meeting D. And D explains that they are not allowed to fight right now. Um, he awakens Kamus to being... Uh, I already forgot her name. Her, her original form, which was the daughter of, of Hakuro. Uh, runs off with her. And that's when we have the big meeting between... D and Hakuro Mitsumi. or the two halves of Witsu who go to battle with each other. That's when we start seeing the story kind of all unfold to itself um, as they once again battle each other. The two halves of, of Witsu battle each other and right after kind of defeating his destructive side uh, Witsu decides to tell uh, Kamos to put him back to slumber. Put me back to slumber. Make me let me rest again. And he says goodbye to everybody. And that's when it kind of ends. Yep. It's crazy. But like I said, most of it was <laughs> most of it was in that that past telling. Um, but it all kind of wraps up as as it goes through all of his battles, re meets his other half, and battles once again. Yeah, and it's so funny because if you stop and think about it, the entire time that we just just broke that all down, it was. All of the very end was at the very beginning, <laughs> and then half of that half of that was the ending, and half of that was the show itself. That's what I was saying when I when I was <laughs> when I was thinking of the outline for this. I was like, really, the best way to go about this is going through the past first because the past is kind of it's sprinkled throughout about three different segments towards the last I think six episodes. Mm-hmm. And for me to explain everything when we get to that point, oh, then we're back to the flashback for this, and then we go back to the present time, and then we go back to the flashback for this, and then we come back to the present time, it would make, it wouldn't make much sense. So telling it all as one thing was the best that I could see it going. Um, the, what I was kind of hinting at earlier about speculations for the second season is that I don't think it's going to include these characters. What I think is going to happen is that possibly the new protagonist is going to be Hakuro Awakened again. Mm-hmm. But I say that, but at the same time, technically, they kind of hinted in the the last segments that Hakuro came back already. Because everybody was turning around going, oh, 
there he is kind of thing. So I don't know if they'll actually do that, but I had a little bit of speculation while we were watching this show that he could possibly be the new, reawakened as this new person. Because the next season kind of opens up as another protagonist who wakes up with no past, with a mask on his face, and he's attacked by some beetle thing, and some cute, editor-looking girl shows up and saves him. Um, So that makes people believe that maybe he wakes up again, has no recollection of his memory again, and we go on from there. But... The game does have a lot of uh, cameos with characters like, uh, I've already seen uh, Binawe's right-hand man, Kuro. He shows up in the game. I'm not sure if it's just a DLC, here's a character, he has no connection to the story whatsoever or what, but it'll be interesting to see how this story ties in with it. And it wasn't really until we pretty much watched the entire show and we're starting to see PVs that I'm kind of realizing a lot of this recapping might not mean nothing. But we'll see. But at least what what, what I was going with was at least if they mention Witsuaru Natsai, you'll know that he is, and they mention him as being a god, that's Hakoro, or Hakoro. If they mention the Onkamiyai Kukais, hopefully they give it another name, you'll know that's the <laughs> angel people. You'll know that's the angel group that mediates Om a lot Kami's. of the What's wrong with Omkamis? Omkamis, there you go, that's, that's better. Um, if, you, if you see mention of the Invankulas, Invankulgas, that was Toka. That was the race that Toka was. That was the race that Genji Maru was. Toka being the noble swordsman who... Basically, when they brought the even Kulgas in, people respected them. Uh, when they when the villagers realized that Hakuro was being attacked by an Invan Kulga, they, people were questioning if Hakuro was doing the right thing because right. they were a race that has always been respected as being noble and only doing what is right. So it wasn't until they they stopped Niue, who she was following, and well, brought that, her under their what, wing. That makes Genji Maru even more of an interesting character if you stop and think about it. And that's why he, he chose to, even though his master was saying, I want to do this, he was saying, no, you need to stop doing that because this is the right path. Right. Um, but yeah, it's... You wonder if Toka's related to him. <laughs> and there was, of course, Sakuya was, was Genjimaru's uh, granddaughter. She was also in Ivankuga. Um, so if you do, in the next season, if you hear about the Ivankuga, you'll know that they are a noble race that only does what is right. Um, if you hear about Tuskuro, uh, Tuskuro, you'll know that that was the country that Hakuro built up. Um, these are the basically the, the landmarks Besides, things that they might reuse, so that's I think probably the best thing you'll get from this. Besides, Sakuyo is good in bed. You don't yes, yes, that. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yes. I don't think that's what you think it means. <laughs> um, there was also the not 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 Tunks. Uh, the not Tunks were the uh, was Karuda's people, uh, which she was the one with the big gigantic sword. Uh, so if you learn about them, they were the people that were being sold and traded and, and oppressed, and they rose up to reclaim their land, thanks to Karura and Hakuro and all of his people. Um, hopefully they won't bring the Avokumas, av- 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 what are they called again? I can never remember the name of them. Avokumis? Avokumis, the, the mecha thingies. Kumus. Hopefully they don't bring those back. <laughs> Avokamus. Hopefully they don't bring those back. But those those are the main the main key elements which I think will probably come back in the next season. Um so they'll be they'll be nice to know about and kind of give you a 
a gist of what's going before. They'll probably explain it all again. So, who knows? But yeah. Was there anything else we really want to hit? Not that I know. I kind of I was kind of a little sad that uh Yuzuki got the ending she got. And I mean, I'm fine with her passing away because they kind of foreshadow that Yuzuki is really ill. She's not going to last for very long. Um but to kind of have it a yeah, there she is. There's her grave marker at the very end. She's gone. They could have easily milked that for a very cheer-joking moment, but it was just kind of like, no, she's gone. I was a little upset that Oboro, even though he was given the new... She, he was going to be the new emperor of uh, Tuskuro, he decided that he wanted to just walk off and leave the place right after <laughs> Hakuro leaves. Uh, but that, that's all right. That's all right. But yeah, that's 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 really the only, the only points I really want to hit. Good show, though. Hope that you guys enjoyed our recap of it. Hope it helps you when you go into the next season. And hopefully all this won't be for nothing because hopefully there'll be some kind of connection. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking it's probably not going to have any connection. Just so that people can... Because, I mean, we're talking nine years later. I'm thinking they'll probably just go, yep, yeah, new world, new characters, nothing the same. I, I I don't know. I think that it'd be interesting I want to cameos just at least. expand. I, I, I think it would be interesting to just expand on the world. Not necessarily just have a spinoff or i i just i'm tired of spinoffs i want it to be in the world but just expand on it i mean there well, was what, what is here. your what is your depth there i mean are you on the board of i want to have there is a tuskura there and oboro is leading it and Benoe is there and we're over here at this neighboring country and at some point we might get involved with them and every now and then like toko will show up with with uh karuda which by the way i want to spin off with just Toka and Karada just being forced to be a bandit. Because <laughs> it was it was funny at the very end there you see like Tok- uh, uh, Kurara is running off with his wine and and Toka's being involved in it and I'm like it'd be so cool having this really mischievous girl and here's the noble Toka and she's like what are we doing this why am I getting involved in this situation? <laughs> uh, but yeah you could have them too just show up out of nowhere. I mean are you talking that kind of connection or are you talking about I this guy wakes up that. in Toskuro and he is Hakuro's descendant and a, a descendant would be fine for me at some I point don't. they go oh, you could be uh yeah like obro just shows up and says toka is on genji Hakuro, Mar- are you hakuru you you've came back to us kind of thing i mean are you I, looking for that kind of connection it, it would be kind of cool to have tokuro on genji maru's level you know just super awesome because she's so old and she's like wizened and, and <laughs> i was kind of thinking <laughs> you know when we, when we first watched it it's like you realize I, this is one of the things I didn't realize from the first time I watched it, and when I watched it the second time, I'm like, Aruru was, like, in the middle of this battle, on the top of this tiger that is shredding people up, <laughs> in the middle of this battle where blood's flying everywhere. That girl's gonna be, like, crazy psychotic at some point. But I'm like, would it be so cool to have, like, yeah, with the second season, it's out of nowhere, Aruru shows up, she's, she's like, you know, like, 20 or something, and she's, like, this really awesome sword fighter, and here's this gigantic running around, running around with gigantic a, with a tiger fan. next to her. It comes out of nowhere from behind these trees and growls at the main character. I'm like, that'd be so cool. What are your but name? No. Ada do. I'm like, well, yes. But no, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. I mean, it, I, I just, I, yeah, a descendant would be fine. It doesn't have to have any, any of the characters, but just build on the universe that you've already created. Yeah. And that's and that's one of those things that I it, it is 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 one of those things that I like is is the idea of I mean if you're going to do something that that uses the some parts I mean just just stick in the universe you don't have to 
go outside of it. Just stay in the universe. Work, work with what you got already built. Yeah, and I guess that's a, that's that's one of those uh, those gambles. Do they gamble with the idea that there's a lot of people that watch the original series, and we want to play into their them with here's another in your universe. You know the rules. By the way, you remember this character every now and then, and that would excite those people that are returning. Like, yes, you gave me that that fan service. That point, I loved that. Or do they play it to the new crowd of here's this new world? Don't worry about watching the old one. It's a completely new cast. Nothing is going to reference the old show, so anybody can come into it. That's that's the gamble that we have. How much fan service do you give? How much do you play into your old watchers? How much do you play in the new watchers? Kind of thing. I guess that's that's the scary part of what that's the uncertainty part is what all are they going to play into the returning vets versus the new people. Yeah, I mean, even if they were to stay in the same world and 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 just build on that, I mean, they would have to re-explain a lot of things, and that sucks too, doesn't yeah. it? Like if Toko uh, suddenly pu- appears out of nowhere, they're going to have to re-explain what they have included. No, 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 no. I I don't mean that. I mean, even if it's even if it is a a. Not Toka particularly, but another character that is like Toka uh, is an Avon, whatever you called her. It, they would have to explain, oh, that that group is super, um, super honorable. So, you know, you're yeah. going to have to re-explain that. If and that's you, what they did well in this series. They they explained that as, oh, the villagers are like questioning if uh, Hakuro is doing the right thing because of how... You realize how important the Evangelicals are and how people respect them because they are such an honorable group because the entire village is questioning if Hakuro is doing the right thing even though they have fallen fallen him through all this this ordeal. That's how you know how special this group is. How do they retell that again? Are they going to retell that again? And that's even even with Hakuro being a descendant. Do we want to do that? Because technically that means in this, this, in this new season they have to re-explain what happened in the past again. Are they going to do that? They don't want to redo all that. So, uh, that's, that's a troubling thing. Yeah. And uh, the uncertainty is like always there. And I, of course, it's going to be answered probably in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's exciting. I, I'm excited for another season. I hope they don't. I hope they don't just turn it into Moe Blob stuff. I hope there there's just. Hey, I, I I'm good with Moe Blob stuff. But I like the characters they develop. I like <laughs> I liked how they pulled off these characters, and I'm just wondering if they'll do the same again or not. But we will find out. And again, we hope that you enjoyed our recap of all this stuff. Do you have anything else to add before we conclude? No. We thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the recap. Uh, let us know in the comments if you enjoyed this. And we thank you all for listening. We'll take care. Peace.